Carl Meltzer was a newcomer to the 11100 this year, but that did not keep the top ultramarathon runner in the world from crushing the previous course record. Meltzer finished the 100-mile course in 19 hours, 36 minutes, snapping the previous record of 21 hours, 1 minute set in 2020. The win also marked the 46th 100-mile win of Meltzer's career. Race director Dustin Spear said that the win gave him and the rest of the race committee the chance to see how the course compared to others across the country. My name is James Lee, and I spoke to Meltzer after the race about the win, his thoughts on the course, and his plans for the future. I also spoke to Spear about his overall thoughts on the weekend's races. This is Garland County Locker Room, brought to you by the Sentinel Records Sports Department. What did you think of the course? Um, well, I was informed before I came to love it that the course was pretty sweet. Chris Lyle actually came in second today, told me about it, he's a client of mine. And uh, I like running in the woods, you know, it's 85% single track and, and I knew it was kind of rocky, mm-hmm. kind of hilly. So for me, where I'm at in my career right now, I think it was just, uh, it was a good course for me. And, you know, February, there's not much out there. I just, I mean, it was tough, you know, it was, it was hard. I mean, the first 30 miles was easier and faster. So it was kind of a teaser course where you, you kind of go along. And I was thinking, if it's all like this, I'm going to get smoked because it's just too much running. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's a great, it's a great course. It was well-marked. The organization was great. Um, you know, it's, it was another nice one to check off the box. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard several people talking to you about the hundred hundreds. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what's that all about? Uh, well, so I finished, I, so far at this point, I finished 7,100 miles. Wow. I have 146 and, you know, it's just in the back of my mind as I get older and slower. I'm like, now I just, you know, I, I don't know if I'll go after a hundred, but only 18 people on earth have done that. So... I mean, 29 is a lot more still. It's, it's quite a few. But now, be sure, because I got my win and my streak continues, um, I don't have to, there's no pressure, so I can go a little slower. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, every, I, I think it's a cool goal for me right now. Um, and I think with my experience, I think I can achieve the goal. When it happens, I'll just be like, whatever, it'll happen, then I can stop. Uh, right. That might be the last, you know, that would be the end of my career, I think. And it, <clears throat> my 100th, my if it even comes to fruition, you know, that's still four or five, maybe even more years down the road, but it'll be Wasatch 100, the place that I started. Right. Which is, you know, kind of makes sense. So you're talking about your streak. I assume you try to win one a year. Is that, that what you mean? Um, yeah. So it's been 22 years in a row that I've won at least 100. Won wow. 100. Some years I've won more than that, but um, yeah, I and mean, it's now it's over with. It's February. <laughs> so I don't have to train. Right. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I kind of got that out of the way this year. Um, but I like, you know, I like to come to a race, but I know there'll be some competition. I knew Chris would be tough. That was a no brainer. I've coached him. So I know his ability. I know his ability here. You know, the other guys that are behind, they're a little behind. But 100 miles are, a lot of things can happen out there. You know, my stomach could have gone bad. I could have rolled an ankle. I could have done anything. Sure. <clears throat> and then Chris catches right up. So he kept it really interesting, which made it a great race. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's cool to have the streak out of the way, though. It's like the W was big. I don't care what the time was, but right, um, that was important to me to get that. Yeah. Um, what what motivates you to to do these hundreds? I mean, because that, that's know. a little long race. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the addiction is really strong. It's I, it's what I've done all my life. You know, for the most part. I mean, I I'm an athlete, right? I mean, I I'm a runner, so it's what I do. 100 is my is my distance that I excel the best at. So, 
even though it's more painful than a lot of other things, uh, I know that I'm, I can do it. I'm not going to stay off the couch, but um, I know how to do it. So this is my distance, you know, and I really like the feeling of what I'm done now. Just, I mean, yeah, I'm sore as all hell right now, but you know, tomorrow I'm going to feel a little better and, and it feels good to, it just feels good to finish it. It's very, it's a big accomplishment, you know, it's just, it's my signature. I call it my signature distance, whatever. Uh, I'm attracted to the distance because it's not just, it's not just run hard until you drop and you know, 50K, 50 mile even is like that now, but a hundred mile there's strategy involved. And because I'm not really the fastest runner out there mm -hmm. in terms of like really, I mean, I'm 54, so I'm definitely not the fastest guy. I might be close, but I can strategize and, uh, and at least run a good race and whatever pans out, pans out, but I know how to do it. So it's, you know, I, I enjoy the, for some reason I enjoy the pain. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. What, what was the most difficult part of this race? Because I know there's a lot of lot of mountains, lots of lots of hills yeah. through there. Um, well, I didn't, you know, I came here blind. Um, all I did was check with the aid stations. I didn't, I don't really study courses. I still looked at it a little bit, but I didn't know what I was in for when I when I left. Uh, I don't remember the name of the aid station, but the one before you climb up Brady Mountain mm -hmm. over to Brady Mountain Aid Station. Um, the longest lake, seven and a half miles. But when I started climbing, the, you know, the aid station guy was. Uh, he's like, oh, it's a long section, you know, you can prepare up. So I grabbed a little extra water. But yeah, that was ugly. And I wasn't really thrilled about that. <laughs> um, I knew it was like coming back. So it was a little, it went by a little faster. But mm -hmm. uh, that's in terms of like difficulty of the course, the way that seven and a half mile leg goes, it's it's just very undulating and you can't get into any rhythm. So you, you jog, you know, 50 feet and then you walk a little and you jog 50 feet and you walk a little. And it's really, it's frustrating. Um, but you know, you just have to tell yourself, kind of smile like, well, this is what it is. So everyone else behind me has to do it too. Right. So I just tell myself that, and you know, it's a little slower, but that was easily like the toughest part of the course. The out and back to, uh, is it Carlton or Charlton? Charlton. Charlton. Um, yeah, that, that leg was, that section was tough too. Um, but it, you know, it's cool to have an out and back that late in the course for a guy like me who comes in blind. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to win the race. So when I, you know, that's mile, I don't know, in the eighties or something. Right. And uh, you get to see your competition um, multiple times on the course. That's kind of cool when you come in blind because you, you know what your lead is. Even though the tracking's good, my crew could tell me, I, I like to see it myself. Right. So that's what makes this course kind of cool too. It's great for racing really. So how do you feel about the the way it went overall this year? I think it went uh, really well, the, uh, at least the parts that we can control. You know, we, we have to try to make sure our aid stations are well supplied and that we have good experienced people there and that we, um, you know, that we take care of the runners in, in, in the best way we can. When that, the, the weather, obviously, is what presented the biggest difficulty and, and we're never going to be able to fully control that. Um, so we just try to do, do what we can to, to mitigate some of that impact or to make sure they're you know the runners are, are taken care of in spite of of that and uh, so i don't know the things that the things that we can control i think went fairly well and we're we're happy with uh with what we heard from runners yeah i guess y'all were pretty lucky this year i mean the the rain held off until saturday afternoon saturday evening yeah it rained i i think it was about 5 30 until 11 or so um and uh that that we got the rain so before that it was just 
cold and then mm-hmm. after that it was just cold um but from from about 5 30 to 11 we had the wind picked up a little bit we had a little bit of rain and uh a pretty dense hug at the top of hickory nut mountain which a lot of our participants got to see as they're coming up to the top before they go down the mountain for the last four miles having that fog is is pretty tough but um it's not new for the race course that's pretty common in that area so wasn't too surprising so i was looking at at the numbers uh looked like y'all had 96 registered and i think 85 actually ended up running at least part of the course how do you feel about those numbers it's you know like, like i think when we talked about last time that, that seems relatively in line with the percentages where um we would expect about 10 percent uh, of, of the people who registered to not to make it to race day for whatever reason and then about uh anywhere i mean really it depends on the the weather and uh the people running but anywhere between 50 and 75 or 80 percent of our starters will finish in the 100 mile in the 100k it's much more weather dependent um and we have a much higher finish percentage but but those those numbers seem to see mostly in line we we probably had a few um that uh we actually registered or we registered over 100 uh um, the number on our website was the ones we were Hope you know. I, I guess by Monday or Tuesday, expecting to see on on race day. Uh, but we had a few that backed out because of travel issues and and the difficulty getting to the race due to the winter storm earlier in the week. So obviously, it was a, a a great race. You know, you had a lot of people out there. I guess the biggest thing was Carl Meltzer taking the the win and setting a new course record. Yeah, and actually, uh, Rachel and I talked about that a little bit ago. Um, the course record is incorrect on our website. It is, it is 21 hours. Um, and uh, so Carl had a pretty big uh, uh, drop in that uh, in that course record now to, what, 1935, I, I believe was 19 hours and 35 minutes. Right. Um, something, something around that. So, uh, you know, he's just incredibly experienced. He's won more of these events than anybody else. He runs just a ton of them and, and has a lot of, a lot of experience in, in ultra and ultra running. So he, he knows how to take care of himself. He knows how to handle himself during a race. So it's not surprising to, to see him do really well in spite of the conditions. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's just fun to see, you know, uh, uh, how well he did. Yeah. It kind of helps us see, like, what's possible, uh, you know, more of what's possible on, on the race course. We always knew our, our event was pretty challenging and, uh, and, and difficult. Um but to see, you know, a, a really strong runner like Carl run 1935, and, and that, that kind of helps level set what the, the difficulty of the course would be, where, where somebody of his experience would run uh, a good bit faster on, on easier terrain or on an easier trail. And, you know, Chris Law seemed to be doing pretty well as well. I mean, if, you know, it hadn't been for Carl, he might have been able to, to pull it together and get close to the record. I mean, he ended up finishing, I think, 10 minutes after the previous record. Chris is Chris is a really good runner. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the results. Maybe Rachel can, can pull it up. He's, he's run the 100 mile before, um, and uh, we knew he was capable. Even when he ran it previously, uh, you know, it was uh, early on in the race. He was running a really strong pace. He's a great runner. And just with a little more experience under his belt this year, uh, we got to see him. I uh, got to see more of what you know what he could really do. I think he spent about the first thirty miles chasing chasing Carl, and that probably impacted his event a little more than what he would normally be able to do. Yeah, he ran twenty twenty two forty five. 
in 2020, um, his, his time has gone down by more than seven hours since, wow. uh, since he first ran the race and he's a strong runner and it just shows what that experience can do. And you know, I think he'll, uh, I think he's got the uh, ability to get even faster. So I know next year is, uh, going to be the 10th year that y'all try to do the race. Are y'all planning anything big for that? Or is it pretty much just going to be go and try to do it another great race like this year? <laughs> That, that's a great question. It's a great idea. It's something we're going to have to talk about with our, our race team. Yeah, I think right now we're going to be in that phase of looking back on the 2022 event and, you know, uh, try to get some feedback from runners and volunteers and our A station captains um, and, and really just look back and see what we, you know, what went well, what we could improve on, um, things we should start doing versus what we should stop doing, et cetera. I uh, just really look back and, and, uh, do what we can to make 2023 even better. Um, and then as we go into the fall, we'll, we'll start putting those, those plans together for next year. So too early to say that might, that might wait until, uh, the following year when it would be the 11th actual running of the events. Uh, right. not, not sure yet. There's a couple of things I, I would, I guess I would want to, to call out. Though. Sure. I think, I think the type of event that you, that you see love it be is, an event that really feels more like a family. So a lot of our runners have come back and run with us multiple years in a row, and, and we really get to know them. We, we get to see them out on the course and, I guess, go through this experience with them. And that's the kind of feel we, we like about the event. That's Most ultra marathons are like that. That's something we, we really try to embrace and, and foster. Um, and it's fun to see that actually play out year after year. Uh, people that we might only see once a year at the event we, we feel like friends and family. Um, and then, and then second, you got to experience and see a lot of the volunteering that goes on behind the scenes. And every year I'm, I'm just surprised and, and uh, blown away by, by how much people give of themselves to help others have a great experience out there. We have volunteers who will be awake nearly the entire race and will literally give people the shirt off their back uh, or hike, you know, just voluntarily just decide to go down the trail with them to make sure they make it safely to the next aid station. Just to know that that people are willing to give of themselves so much to help someone else have a have a uh, you know even just a better day is is something that we don't take for granted and uh, we can't say enough enough thanks um, we we can't say it enough we can't I guess uh, find the words that really express the gratitude what uh, that that we feel um, for how much they give of themselves and uh, we couldn't have the the race without them. Do you have any idea? roughly how many volunteers you ended up having out there we had over a hundred uh it was about 120 it's it's a really tough course and uh, you know it's it's tough to have a hundred miler and it's tough to um it's tough to make sure that runners have all of the support needed and especially with the aid stations that are open as long as the ones like on the top the one on the top of figuring about they're open essentially before and after the race uh for that entire time period so having having enough volunteers to cover all of the shifts and to make sure that you've got uh you've got somebody there all the time is really difficult but we've had great response from the local running community and it's really really they've taken they've taken ownership of aid stations and, and different parts of the race to really help make it, make it their own. And, and I guess put themselves into it, um, and have that sense of, of community. Um, anything else you can think of that you want to toss out there before I, that I'm not thinking of? I, I hope that others see the, I guess the, the welcoming, uh, aspect of ultra marathons, that it's not just, 
people who run it that can participate. It's, it's people who can help others accomplish goals that uh, seem unattainable to most. And that it's, it's something that people of all uh, walks of life and shapes and sizes can do. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Garland County Locker Room. You can find a companion story on our website and mobile app. If you like our content, please consider subscribing to get the latest content as soon as it becomes available. You can find Garland County Locker Room wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for new episodes, please drop us an email at sports at hotsr.com.